So, Christina, are you, uh, like, how's the pain? Are you um, are you doing okay? I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's a lot better. So I can't move my arm that much. Like, when I oh. move, like, the forearm part, it kind of hurts. But the good news is I do have full use, at least much better use of my fingers. So I can type. Um, oh, God, oh. yeah. So that's that's the amazing thing is I can't type as fast as usual. Um, and, and Yeah, your, your rate this, of like, naughty texts has really slowed down. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel bad for that. Um, my, my, my read of naughty text has slowed down, but I, I can type with, with two hands now, which is a huge improvement. So, wow. um, it, it is hard. What I found though, having a, um, uh, like fiberglass, like cast or whatever on is that when you, you know, become accustomed to like these large trackpads, which is what both the service book and the new MacBook Pro have, like, it kind of interferes with that a little bit because it kind of scratches on it and you're like, no, I didn't want to do that. Um, Can we talk about how cute okay. and tiny and pink your cast is? Yeah, I saw that you. picture. I was like, "There is, there it is." Christina's child arm, and of course, she's getting a hot pink <laughs> cast. Well, they, yeah, they told me I, yeah. I almost got black. I had like a number of choices, and I was like, "No, I want the hot pink." And yeah, you're right. Like my child arm. Like I think I, the, the the doctor, she didn't say it explicitly, but she was like, "Oh yeah, you do have a tiny arm." I was like, "Yeah, I know." My child, like my child, like wrists, um, are are yeah. That still broke even... a Lexus, you mean? Yeah, like you, you, you just cajoned that Lexus in half. I do. As I, I understand did. It. Although, yeah. uh, to be to be fair, I think that was my thigh, but uh, <laughs> but some yeah, some part of me. <laughs> you guys, and then I'll stop talking about this. I actually finally checked out my jacket that I was wearing um, yeah. when I was hit by the car. I'm really glad I was wearing like a heavy kind of down like coat. Oh dear. The 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 elbow was like torn yeah like through the jacket through the down through the other stuff like this was what kind like, of material was it um it was like i i guess like a like not polyester but one of those types of, of things on top of down on top of something else i mean it was like a winter coat that i wore for years in new york mm-hmm. it was like yeah. a calvin klein coat so thick material right like you yeah. know rainproof whatever so it went through that and then it went through my um small like like light like lightweight thin cotton shirt and that tour and i had like you know blood on that and that i I had a feeling i was like well that'll do it but i was like shocked when i like looked at my coat and i was like huh i mean that's why when you get on a motorcycle you wear leather right because the abrasion factor of it because like you will lose skin there if something's not very (laughs) between you and the road it it fortunately only lasted a little bit and then went away but i had like road rash on um my uh, my fingers from from oh being God. thrown from being thrown like 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 my fingertips like ha- had like abrasions on them it was like road like from the asphalt and they like were really sore and that went away really quick but i was like oh i now i know what road rash is i was like okay awesome. i played that That's game horrendous to think about uh, uh <laughs> elbows all right wow welcome to rocket accelerated <laughs> geek conversation i'm simone de rochefort i'm video producer at polygon.com I'm joined today by Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, and a, a person who we know exactly how important she is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that is Christina we know Warren. exactly who was on the show today. Uh, <laughs> you know. We we're, we're, know. We're going to get into it, but I had, there was a reason I chose that phrasing because of the phrasing oh. that I, the person I was responding to. But yeah, that's going to be on a t-shirt, I think. Yeah. I Do think you so. even know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you know exactly who you were dealing with. Oh my gosh. Wow, we should just get right into it. Uh, you're also yeah. a senior cloud developer advocate for Microsoft. I almost said Mass yeah. Effect. What? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be, I mean, 
your current job is great. I love that you're happy and thriving. Um, I'm gonna need you to become a developer advocate for Mass Effect now, a fictional. No, I mean, they, I mean, I mean, Bungie is great. in Seattle. I want someone Good. working on Mass Effect. Maybe Christina can fix Please. that. Please, yeah, somebody so. should be working on it. Oh, God. I was gonna say. I mean, somebody should. I mean, they are in Seattle. Is all I'm saying. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Bioware. I feel like you should get a picture of the Lexus that's damaged. And now, for now, <laughs> anytime messes with you, you're like, look, you want to make Mass Effect like No Man's Sky, and you just point to the picture of the Lexus. It's like you see that license plate holder. Yeah. You see, you see how yeah. it's, it's like dented. That was my body. (laughs) And that's what you're going to do to deep space. All right. First up today, we're going to do a little bit of Apple talk. Uh, (laughs) With that good old Apple talk. Uh, So there was a piece on Business Insider recently uh, by Avery Hartman's about the horrendous difficulty that she went through getting her phone screen repaired, uh, which is a relatively commonplace thing that happens needing to replace a phone screen uh her initial repair took a long time got done uh but then her phone bricked the next day which happened to be during ces which is just like another beautiful hell factor of this story and ces that i i kind of love because ces is a dark hole that destroys all who enter (laughs) um but her phone bricked uh fortunately because of apple's warranty she was able to get a replacement refurbished phone um because it was literally the next day but this kind of goes hand in hand with some other problems that you brie have been experiencing with apple lately and just the the basic fact that this very simple process like even outside of the phone being bricked after the screen was replaced the process that she went through to try to get it repaired uh was very directionless it was very unmanaged it wasn't it wasn't a good user experience yep which is of course something that apple prides itself on is providing good user experiences uh which i've generally had with their products but cannot be said i guess for their stores so Brie, yeah. what was your nightmare so, you know this is a i this is a story i've been wanting to tell on rocket for a while um so i'm not i'm not coming here today like being like angry about a situation in the apple store this is something i've been thinking about for a month and i'm still really frustrated about it If anyone at Apple is listening to this, I need you to know one thing more than anything else. The Apple store in Dedham, Massachusetts at Legacy Place is utterly broken. It is utterly broken. And I don't mean that in like a a figurative sense. sense. If you try to call the store, their phone system literally doesn't work (sighs) if you're trying to Mm. return a manager's call. Um, so, you know, I've talked on the show quite a bit about my adventures with the MacBook One, which um, honestly, guys, it's it was a mistake. I don't regret any Apple product I've ever bought, including like iPod socks, but I really <laughs> do regret buying this MacBook One. Uh, the keyboard has broken twice over the course of this show. It's broken right now and the H key doesn't work. And my battery health just randomly one day plummeted down to uh, 50% out of nowhere. Um, this was the same day my Porsche got hit, and I already had like, an <sighs> oh. appointment at the store to go get them to fix it. And because there's a little bitty nick in the side of my MacBook One, um, you know, just like normal wear and tear, they notified me that they were going to charge me um, 
close to eight hundred dollars to oh. just do a battery swap in it. So that's that's more than two thirds of the, the what you paid for the laptop. Correct. I got the top of the line version of it. Uh, it was you know with Apple Care, I think it was close to two thousand dollars. Okay, but, all right, but but still, you're you're looking at once depreciation and all that is involved. Like you, yeah, you're paying. It, it's, you can't justify spending eight hundred dollars on this machine. It's slow. Right. The keyboard doesn't work. And, you know, basically all I wanted was a battery swap, right? Like opening up, plopping a new battery. And this is not invasive. But they're telling me they want to replace the entire upper assembly. That's fine. We have a difference of opinion about that. What I'm angry about is what happened um, after this whole experience. Yeah, I get this verdict from a genius bar and I'd had a terrible day and I just don't want to lose my temper in public. So I just, you know, I'm like, fine. And I left. Um, and a month later after Christmas, you know, I decided to go back and try to have a person to person conversation about what I perceived to be an unreasonable repair. Trying to get a manager on the phone. I, I'm looking at my notes here. I had to call the Apple store 20 times. Ooh. Oh, my God. Ooh. I, it, I'm in the middle of running for Congress. I'm a relatively busy woman. Um, I had the men on the phone regularly talk down to me, treat me like I was a nuisance, someone they didn't want to talk to. And, you know, it was literally four days of phone tag. Yeah, I got into the system where, you know, someone would actually talk to me and they'd promise to call me back and they wouldn't. And then... (sighs) Yeah, they'd be asking for me to return a call and I do it. And their phone system is broken because she can't call Apple Store Legacy Place. And eventually I I got on the phone and it was it was a manager. There was just it was the most sexist conversation I've ever had in my career. And the bar's not low. Uh, he was he was condescending to me. He treated me like I didn't know anything about my own machine. And this really brings me to a point, y'all, and it's a bigger question about Apple. It's going to tie into the HomePod question. You know, when I get Apple Care, that's essentially um, an insurance policy on a rather yeah. expensive thing that I get. I'm not asking for charity when I'm trying to invoke that warranty. This is why European countries, like, they have protection for these kinds of uh, policies. So Absolutely. I, I really think... I think, at least for me, you know, I'm speaking for me on the show, this is the point that I've really sat down and I've, I'm, I'm asking myself some hard questions about Apple and Apple products. Because in 2018, the Surface Book and their entire line of, of machines are, in my opinion, an extremely serious competitor to the entire MacBook line. Like, they're in the space and for me, there are really only two features that make me go, okay, I'm going to go with Apple. Um, it's the security, because I do think Mac OS is more secure than you know, Windows. And it's the service. After this, I don't think I have any faith if I buy a Mac from Apple that they're going to stand by their product or treat me fairly. Mm. In fact... I'm sure if I went to the Windows store, I'm positive they would treat me better because it's been a really good experience every time I've been there. So I, I guess I kind of want to open that up to you, Christine. Like, you, I know, have you started to have these same like concerns about Apple and the Mac in general, or is that just me? Um, I mean, I think that I think it's a, a, there are a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I think that the experience that you've had at that store and the way you've been treated is is not okay and and goes against 
the entire thing that, that Ron Johnson and Steve Jobs and, and, and Angela Arendt, you know, that, that everybody who's been responsible for the stores have kind of built. The whole idea was that it would be a Nordstrom-like experience. And, you know, Nordstrom, it, the, the famous stories, and of course, even Nordstrom isn't Nordstrom anymore. But, but mm. the, you know, there, there, there are the right. stories that, you know, you could you could return snow tires to Nordstrom, even though they don't sell them. Um, and they would take care of you. And, you know, the Apple store used to be like that. Right. Um, but I think as, as your story says, and as the Business Insider thing said, I think what it kind of, to me, kind of highlights, and this is something I've kind of noticed anecdotally, it hasn't happened to me personally, but it's something that I've kind of noticed over time is that as Apple has become the most valuable company in the world, and as the Apple stores have become these big machines, they have become in some ways, and I think some of it is unavoidable, to be totally honest, like I don't want to blame anybody, you know, in Apple leadership specifically for this, has been that they've become a lot more like your traditional big box stores. And I used to work in a big box store, and 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 I always strive to to give better customer service at that store than I'd ever received. Like that was like literally something I think when I was seventeen, I said in the interview, they were like, "Well, what do you think about this?" I was like, "I was treated poorly coming in here. I've always been treated poorly by your by your you know people. Like I'm not going to do that." Baller. And some of that, I think, you know, and I and I think that that um yeah, and I think that the part of that is just that when you have so many locations and you have some, you know, people kind of coming in and out and when you're, you know, when you're paying hourly wages that are in many places not livable and whatnot, you have a lot of employee churn and and, and you have so many people because at this point, so many people have Apple products. It's hard to keep up that consistency. Uh, but that, but that sucks though, right? Like that, that means that this big thing that part of the reason you pay the premium for the Apple product, part of the reason, which we're going to get into with the HomePod, part of the reason that you pay for the warranty, which they don't offer this now, but I think we're back when you got it. But I think actually, at least on my iMac, it's the Apple Care Plus. Um, so it includes accidental damage. So sure. it, it would, and I think that going forward, that's what all their things do. So it would, you know, cover like spills or or cosmetic or whatever, some of that stuff. So that's at least good. But but you run into these same issues that you're talking about where they're they're not taking care of you and it's hard to get a repair. I mean, I had issues where I wanted... I basically was begging them to replace the battery on a MacBook Air, and they were like, the battery's not showing that it's dead enough and it's going to take <sighs> a week to replace a MacBook Air battery. I'm like, I can order the part and do it in, in 20 minutes. Like, it, this isn't a problem. And, but right. they really, you know, I, I couldn't convince them to do it for me. You know what I mean? And and, and people are talking about, you know, trying to get a, a screen replaced and, and then phones bricking. Like, I don't know. I almost wonder if it's a product of, if any company can grow as big as Apple has and still maintain that class of service. Um but I think the, the same- answer is clearly no. I mean, right. this isn't just legacy place where I've had this experience. That's what you I'm know? saying. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And and so right. I think that when that happens, you have to kind of we have to kind of reassess the value proposition of a lot of things and, and stuff that you were willing to put up with before because customer service was so good. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, like you said, makes you start thinking about other stuff because yeah. if the reason you're willing to pay the premium, if the reason that you're willing to put up with some of the the hoops, if the reason you're willing to put up limitations is because they're going to treat you right and you know you're going to get your problem taken care of. That's one thing. But if that's yeah. not going to be the case, then why are you paying the extra money? It's it's unreasonable to ask a consumer to spend eight hundred dollars to replace a battery in a three in a in a computer Just, that yeah. you still have a warranty on and a computer is less than three years old. That is, no, that I agree. is unreasonable. And when you're I you're agree. mixing it with you know, the the quote unquote manager being remarkably condescending to you oh, no, and that's saying things like, can you please stop talking down to me? Uh, you know, and trying to call the store 20 times. I just, I, I want, 
you don't help Apple by like coming to their defense every time. And I think no. like in the aggregate, I think it's very clear that the the Genius Bar system, Apple's gotten so big, it's just not tenable anymore. Yeah, and, I thought, that, know, I thought yeah. that was what was really interesting yeah. about the, the Business Insider thing is, yeah. is that talking about how she didn't know where to stand. And I've been yeah. at both of the stores that she was talking about with the Brooklyn store uh, yeah. in Williamsburg and the um, one in World Trade. And and you're not wrong, like because they've moved around the way things are, like there used to be, you would know an area. Now it's like people are, there's so many people there and so many people waiting to get served that you don't know where to go. And even getting an appointment, you know, you can do it online, but sometimes that's hard. Hard. And even if you do have an appointment, it's like you have to be right there right when it starts. Um, you know, and, and it, can, it can take time, you know, and, and it's um, growing hands are rough. But yeah, you're right. I think you, nobody should be talked to the way you were talked to by the manager. Have you been able to get it replaced? Because to me, it, it I can understand if there's they have to replace the whole bottom because of the, the, the system, whatnot for battery thing. That's fine. But I feel like if they have to do that repair anyway, if the battery is actually not holding its charge and you're still under warranty, who cares if there's a ding in it? Like I don't. Yeah, you're gonna I would have work to make. Them on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to like if you have to replace the bottom part of the computer, the chassis, because that's how you design the battery. Which is absurd. If, it is absurd. But but if you've made that design choice for whatever reason, then to me it isn't. It's insane to say well. Your battery is, is is not within warranty spec, but because you have a ding on it, we're right. going to charge you eight hundred dollars. It. And it, now it's, it's like, like my H key doesn't work, and I just I I swear you guys, I'm this close to just throwing the thing in the trash, a two thousand dollar computer, and going with Microsoft. <sighs> I mean, anyway, we we should move on. We need to get to other topics, yeah. but I am, I am, I'm I'm really at my limit with Apple. I mean, they they. The iPhone 10 is a great it's a great device. I love it, but the Mac, the entire line of Macs, it's not what I'm looking for. The value isn't there. The the um it, it's just not innovating. Mm-hmm. And Touch Bar is not what I need from that line. So yeah. I want to see them get it together. I really do because I have no reason to buy a Mac right now. But would you buy a three hundred forty nine dollars speaker? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, let's talk Christina, about it. Christina, do you want to talk about So, uh, yeah. Apple, the HomePod, Apple's HomePod, uh, which is mm. Apple's answer in a sense to Alexa and uh, Google's uh, Google, Google Home, Assistant, yeah. Google Assistant, yep. um, went up for pre-orders this week. It is $349, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. Uh, and that is, uh, right off the bat, you might notice a huge, an absolutely monumental price gap between its competition and the HomePod. Yeah. Um, and, Christina, you expressed reserves about this because, A, the huge price gap, B, the lack of ability to connect to any other kind of sound system and the fact that it's completely sandboxed within the Apple Music ecosystem mm-hmm. uh, makes it very it, it removes a lot of the functionalities that these other speakers have at a far far higher price uh would yeah. you like to relay the uh reactions that your statement received <laughs> on the bird machine yeah no this is hilarious and i've been working on a medium post that will be up by the time you guys see this i just wasn't able to finish it um tonight i had a, I had a day job people are like where's your post i'm like yeah see i have to do other stuff now i can't just sit around um and, and write all day like i used to but um 
I just kind of made an, an, an offhanded comment when the uh, device went for pre-order on Tuesday. I was like, you know, I'm really sad that they didn't take the opportunity of the delay because the, the HomePod was supposed to come out before Christmas and obviously missed the holiday season. Now it'll be available for pre-order. It'll, it'll ship the first week of um, uh, February, or the second week of fe- February. Um, but AirPlay 2, which would be the feature that would allow you to connect two together, will not be there at shipment date. So it'll be later this year. So we don't know when that is. And I said, you know, I was really sad that they didn't take that opportunity to lower the price by $100 because mm-hmm. I feel like $350 is completely the wrong price. I think I feel like it's between $100 or $50 at the very least uh, too expensive. And And I didn't feel like I was saying anything that was that like out out there. But, you know, as, as you were kind of saying, um, Brie, earlier, you know, people who just feel the need to, like, defend a company. It was kind of funny. Right. Like, yep. uh, I had a lot of people supporting me, and then I had, like, the backlash. And it started, you know, yesterday, a Tuesday, as, uh, as we record this today, is Wednesday, and, and then it continued into today. And I'm like, are you serious? I honestly and- am shocked because I, I can't imagine getting this up in arms over a friggin' well, speaker. Well, well, what's hilarious to me is that all the people telling me how wrong I am, because because I basically said the reason um, uh, HomePod will, 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 will fail, because um, I said, uh, I basically said the reason HomePod will fail is because the, the, the price is is not is not there. And um, let me see if I can find my original tweet. Um, I said, um, last HomePod thought for now, uh, for now, the price is why it will fail. You have a feature-limited, inexpensive product. You, it's, it's, you can have a feature-limited, inexpensive product. You can have a feature-rich, expensive product. It is very difficult to find success in an established market when you are both overpriced and underfeatured. And I felt like that was, and, and then I, and then I wrote, I was like, and I say this is the person who should be Apple's target market for the HomePod. I have four Macs in my house, three iPads, at least three working phones. I buy everything. I'm the ultimate fangirl. Without more features, I will not buy this. I can rationalize a $1,300 iPhone 10. I can't rationalize a $300, $50 Apple Music speaker. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and I, I feel very confident in that. I, 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 I'm not saying that no one will buy this. Obviously, some people will. I don't think, in any way, they're going to sell the millions of these things that that, that um, you know Amazon has with the with the Echoes or that um, nope. Google has with the Google mm-hmm. assist- Google Assistants. I'm going to be honest; they're not even going to sell as many as Sonos has. I don't think they're not um, going to sell as many like Apple as Apple watches they have. No, I mean, uh, not even yeah. close. Not even close. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. it, it just is it's a very limited product. And the thing is, a lot of people came after me, and and, and somebody had. You know, the nerve was like, I don't think you actually understand what this product is. And I responded, <laughs> I was like, I don't think you actually know who I am. Because, yeah. you know, people immediately started kind of mansplaining to me. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I'm, and, and somebody else was kind of insinuating, but do you have any high end audio equipment and da 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 da? As if I'm not, you know, as if I don't have enough money or I'm not snobby enough to afford the audio equipment that makes me the target buyer. Again, let me be very clear. If anybody should be buying this, it should be me, someone who has no children, so I have indiscriminate funds. I'm not running for office like Bree, so I, 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 I you know, can ha- I have more play money. I'm price insensitive. That's it. That's an important. You thing. really that, are. <laughs> you are that, deeply that, that, insensitive to the I, price I, of things. I am, and so that's why I'm saying I'm price insensitive. I will spend two hundred dollars on a 3ds XL because I wanted to play a game, then forget about it for a month and buy the one that has looks retro, and then give the one that I forgot to return to my to my building manager's son for Christmas. Like, <sighs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, like, because I wanted to play Order Up. This is how that whole thing had started. I never told you guys that I wanted to play a game I played like eight years ago, <laughs> and I couldn't play it on the iPad anymore, so I spent. Two- Four hundred dollars to play a game that was four dollars on the iPad and no longer works. Anyway, I'm just saying I'm I'm, I'm price insensitive and I I have 
I'm, I'm deep in the Apple service ecosystem, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I subscribe to Apple Music. I, I, I'm part of all this. And I'm even looking and I couldn't convince myself. You and I are the only ones. Yeah, but, but I looked <laughs> at myself. I was, I was like, I cannot. There's no way I, I, I can rationalize buying this. This is completely yeah. and totally a useless product to me. The and thing is, it, I'm on Amazon all the time, you know, and they have yeah. that banner ad for the dot. And you're like, hey, I'm ordering... $40 of olives today, those gourmet olives that I love, like maybe I'll buy a dot. And I don't do it because of privacy concerns, mm-hmm. but that kind of like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Add on? No, totally. That is a successful, that's why that sells because it's cheap. It's cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, Apple, and the thing is, and, well, let me finish. I, the yeah, thing course, that gets sorry. me about the iPhone 10 is there's nothing the HomePod does really except slightly better sound quality that my iPhone won't do if it's sitting on the counter. I'm just saying, hey, Siri. And I've always got my iPhone with me. If I'm going, hey, Siri, how many cups mm-hmm. is in X, Y, or Z? It's going to tell that to <laughs> me. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm just like you. Like I'm very happy to spend money if the the product is good, but I just don't, understand what this does any different than my iphone which i've already got with me and what will it do in the future potentially to justify this because again like you said right now i mean what if i want to listen to my friends playlists that are on spotify because he doesn't have Apple. like what am i okay i'll break out my other bluetooth speaker that i already have that also had you know has mediocre sound quality i'm the cheap ass who wouldn't have this in the first place but right but yeah what 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 do they foresee it doing that will justify its uh, egregious price. No, I mean, what, and what, but here's the funny thing. A lot of what people have said to me is they're like, oh, well, the sound quality is is, is superior oh. to anyone else's. <laughs> Screw okay. off. And, 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 and here's what I'm saying. People aren't, people don't care. You're talking about an audience of people. And, and I say this, you know, Apple owns a company called Beats, which Brie and I both really like. I don't think either of us would would go to the mat saying that they have the best sound because they no, don't. They're, fa- no. they're fashion. They're fashion. Yeah, that's it. I love them. They're fashion. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and I really like my beats. They are fashion. If I yep. wanted high-end like audiophile headphones, they're not going to be attractive. And that's why I don't wear them when I'm walking <laughs> around. But like they're, 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 I wouldn't choose beats. And most people in this world listen to lossy music, meaning it, it, it's not uncompressed, compressed music. Um, through earpods, not even AirPods, earpods. Okay, so people are talking about this high audio quality. I'm like, great. So you have all this this fantastic, super expensive, super fancy audio uh, 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 signal. That's awesome. Um, here's the problem. I can only listen to lossy um, uh, media files from it streaming or from an iTunes cloud thing because it's not coming from storing anywhere. Um, you know, over Wi-Fi or stuff played over Bluetooth potentially. Um, so I, I I can't you know and we don't even know right now. Um, I called uh, so did nine to five Mac. I tried to find out this iTunes and the cloud work, and I couldn't get a definitive answer. I would imagine that it does, which means that some of the Apple lossless would work. But that still means that if you wanted to have a turntable or a receiver or any other like high end equipment, you can't use this fancy pants you know, super high end speaker that, that, that is, you know, as John Gruber was saying, you know, $350 isn't, you know, it's cheap for the audio world. Yes, it is. But if you think the audiophile market will even touch this, you're right. insane. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. You're, you're splitting, you can't tricks. have both. It's like the bones. Right. It's all processing. No. If you want right. audiophile quality, you can't do it with a tiny speaker in a corner. No. It's yeah. exactly you, you, like a Bose. It just tricks your ear into thinking it sounds good. It's not... 
I mean, it's just digital but, but, processing. But, but, and but we even won't if be able does, to get surround sound until AirPlay well, when we right. can set up multiple well, speakers. Right. This is what I'm saying. Even even if it does sound good, and I have no doubt that it does, people said it sounded better than the Sonos Play 3, which, great, that's a more expensive speaker. Awesome. Most people aren't going to be able to do that setup side by side. And people who really care about the audio quality aren't going to buy this anyway, because as I said, you can only use it right now with Apple Music and your iTunes and, the, you know, uh, you, your local iTunes library. So who cares? Um but Sonos, which is really who they're going after with this market, they sell a Sonos One. It's $200. Might not sound as good, but it's going to be hard for people to really tell the difference. The Sonos One is $200. It works with Alexa. It works with every music service. Now, you can't do Apple Music voice support. You have to use their app. But it will literally work with every music service, and you can get add-on accessories and then link it to home whole room systems if you want to add other stuff too. So I look at this, and I'm like, the Sonos One is $150 less and is going to also get AirPlay 2 support. Like what what's what's the value here? And mm-hmm. and it works with the better voice assistant. Like I just I I, I don't get it. Like uh, people keep saying, "Oh, well everybody dismissed the the iPod and AirPods 2 and the Apple Watch." And I'm like, "This is different. The iPod and, and then I'll shut up, but I promise like I I I I'm kind of like uh going into my rational you have my a article. Lot of feel- feelings. I do. Well, the iPod when it came out, was very unique. All the others, the, the Nomad, which is what the famous Commander Taco from Slashdot thing was, saying no wireless, <laughs> no less storage than a, the, yep. the, 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 the Nomad Lame. The Nomad was huge. First of all, it wasn't really portable. You could use it with a number of, I think, like maybe D batteries. It was bigger than a, than a CD player, and it really wasn't designed to be portable. It was kind of like a jukebox. That's what they call it, the Nomad Digital Jukebox. So that wasn't portable, but that had a hard disk drive. All the portable players of that time used um, memory cards and they were like 64 megabytes or 128 megabytes again megabytes not gigabytes megabytes and so you could store you know maybe an hour of music on them and then you'd have to erase the card and load it again they were slow and 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 they had bad user interfaces and they were terrible i used a sony mini disc um because the the media was cheap and i i was able to you know have a nice interface with my computer and, and i would literally plug it into my sound card and then i later got one that plugged into usb and i would just record songs that way and, and that's what I did. But the, the iPod was portable. It had a great user interface. It was easy to use and it had a ton of storage. That's even before they came out with the iTunes store. Like the iPod was revolutionary. It was better than anything else. Um, and by the time other portable media players did come out, they were chunky and heavy and, and couldn't compare. Um, AirPods, the same thing. I, a lot of people criticized AirPod price when they came out. We can go back on Rocket and, and prove that I was like, actually, no, these are cheap compared to yep. what else is out there. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason they've worked is because they're easy to use. And to this day, I still think they're the best truly wireless Bluetooth headphones if you have an iPhone. But this product, A, Siri, is not as good as the other assistants, period. Nope. Nope. B, you're limited. And I like Apple Music, but guess what? Like, Spotify has more than double the subscribers. And a lot of people listen to music from various services more than just Apple Music. And like Simone is saying, what if your friend or someone wants to come over and play their playlist and they don't have yeah. that subscription? Ugh. So you're limited to one service. You can't do multi-room yet. It's not streaming with multi-room, which is insane to me. And, you know, if you wanted to play other stuff through it, there's no guaranteed way of being able to do that. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, I can't convince myself. I wish I could spend $350. Please, Apple, let me spend $350 she on your stupid it. product. I do. But I I look at this and I'm like, no. She can't. Why, why would I buy this? There's absolutely no reason. Like, I don't care how good the sound is if I'm only playing compressed I'm gonna, audio. What I'm going to do cares? is I'm going to put my phone in a bowl and I'm just going <laughs> <laughs> to... Yes. It would probably work, Simone. Oh. That's what I'm saying. 
Let it so, amplify. Yes. Before, before Rap, we final finish up thoughts, this topic, final thoughts. I, I just want to say this. If you would like a t-shirt <laughs> saying, I don't think you understand who I am, Rocket, let us know. Let Mike know. Let Steven yes, know. Please do. Like, we are, we are, I know I would wear that shirt every day. I would too. I would too. <laughs> and, and, and again, I, I want to be clear. The reason that, that, I, that I responded the way that I responded, let me find the exact tweet because it was – yeah. Um, it was obnoxious, is what it was. I don't think don't you actually. Say that. Somebody said, "I don't think you actually understand what this product is." Yeah, and so I said, "I don't think you actually understand who I am." Yeah, and that was I would never pull God. the whole "you know who I am" thing ever. But somebody says, "I don't think you actually you don't actually understand what this product is," and I was like. Like you don't, you don't know who devote a good portion of your brain power to thinking about Apple products and devouring information about them and then spending exorbitant right. amounts of money on every single one of them. No joke. Not only that, I mean, like, and I didn't say this to him, but it's like, I've interviewed Tim Cook. I've interviewed Johnny Ive. I've interviewed Phil Schiller. I've interviewed Eddie Q. I've interviewed Johnny Iveen, Jimmy Iveen. I've interviewed Craig Federighi. Yeah. Like yeah. step off. Don't, so, I mean, don't mess you know with I mean? Christina Warren. No, like, I'm like, I, I, like I've yeah. actually talked to those people. So, what what okay that, cool zh, zh. but i have no idea what i'm talking about and have clearly never followed this company no, ever you before just i have need, no idea you need a man to explain it to yeah you. this episode of rocket is brought to you by squarespace where you yeah. can enter offer code rocket at checkout to get 10 percent off your first purchase your first purchase is going to be a website uh called i don't think you understand who i am <laughs> dot com <laughs> That's going to be your next move uh, that you're making with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea. And our next idea is gold because it will be entirely devoted. What it's going to be. Oh, my God, you guys. Okay, I'm designing. I'm designing right now in my brain. Okay. I don't I don't think you even know who I am.com. We're going to have like a nice big photo of Christina. Top top thing <laughs> it's a portfolio website we could create an online store we could create a blog we could create a portfolio we could create whatever we want we're doing a portfolio the portfolio is going to be a beautiful gallery of every single product that christina has spent a lot of money on it's going to be christina's portfolio uh of the things that she's purchased and um and then we'll, we'll be able to look at that and and see christina's expertise just laid out right in front of us. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets us do just that. There's nothing to install. There's no patches to worry about. No upgrades needed. That's for Christina's other stuff that she's bought. You don't have to worry about that with your Squarespace site because they've got it covered. And they have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They also let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And you can check out all those beautiful templates. Pick the one that will best show off your idea, which is uh, Christina's portfolio of stuff. <laughs> All black website rolls gold font. That's what yeah, I there you see. Go. Yes, oh. you're, you're dead on. All, all, all rose gold. <laughs> or maybe Don't like a rose like gold background with gold font mm-hmm. highlighting it. Maybe huh. we we can find. Well, that's the great thing about Squarespace, right? Is that I can spend hours like you do crafting the look, mm-hmm. and and that would be a better use of my time than the fact that I clearly have no retirement because I've spent all my money on Apple products and products from other tech companies and all your time arguing on Twitter. So and this is true. Yeah. This is true. My bosses are like, "Can you get worked?" No. <laughs> the great <laughs> thing about like, like at one point, at one point, I was like, "Okay, I've spent my entire lunch break fighting with people. Yeah. I've got I've, I've got to stop." That's not <laughs> what a lunch break is for. 
Uh, fortunately, Christina, even though you did spend all your money on stuff, uh, Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. So awesome. budget. You can start a See? trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase. Show your support for us and Christina. And uh, enjoy your fun with Squarespace. That's, again, uh, squarespace.com. Do the free trial and then offer code ROCKET at checkout. Thank you so much, Squarespace, for sponsoring ROCKET and your support of Relay FM. Well, let's move on to an arguably uh, potentially more dire story than our our, our Apple Apple chat, which yes. was very enjoyable and passionate. Um, so there was a study done recently on this very strange conglomerate of fake ad agencies that has methodically built up trust with with legitimate uh, legitimate ad platforms. And basically created the malware malvertising is the term used in the Ars Technica article, the malware version of ads uh, that that appear on legitimate ad platforms um, and reached 62% of the Internet's ad monetized websites, uh, according to this report from Ars Technica. Yeah, so that's millions and millions of people who have seen these ads which basically work by taking over the website that you're trying to go to and i am dead certain i have run into some of those myself this is such a an interesting and i imo it was kind of underreported i only saw the our Setnica piece about it. And I, I didn't I didn't see much kerfuffle about it on on Twitter. I didn't either. I think because it's it's ads and people immediately are like, oh well Of course ads are bad. Like yeah. they don't care. They don't care the fact that, you know, people who paid money, you know, to, to these exchanges basically paid for this malware to put it on their websites, lost it because it it didn't it wasn't for real advertising. Like they thought they were getting real advertising. Um, you know, selling real spots, you know, like that, 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 you know, and, and then it, it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, like, like l- real money was lost. Yeah. In this, it's, it's not a good thing. I found, oh, there's the number 1 billion ad impressions. So this is one, not just money lost, but also 1 billion impressions, yes. the people's eyes that fell on this, the, on these bad ads. Uh, so this is, this is kind of wild. And the, article doesn't end on a conclusive note it's that there are still around eight or so of these potentially fake ad agencies pushing this malvertising (laughs) onto the internet which could of course potentially result in people installing ransomware people accidentally giving away their information because they've been tricked into something um it's bad it's bad y'all yeah yeah it's really bad and i to me it kind of underscores like you know the ad racket is is controlled at this point basically by two companies by by google's double click and by facebook and um you know and and then then other companies including microsoft you know have some exchanges too and and i we haven't they they've tried to kind of self-regulate but there hasn't really been but that's really more been about trying to get people to stop using ad blockers rather than actually regulating these exchanges because mm-hmm. so much of it is, is basically just done uh, via arbitrage. So, you know, there are sub, you know, exchanges and sub sales and sub sales. And so if you're an ad ops, which is to me actually a really interesting career, um, it can be difficult to figure out like where 
um, a, a, an ad that had this ransomware or whatever even came from because it's not as if you are purposely wanting to seek that out. You're getting it through a valid exchange and somebody is just hacking the system and, and mm-hmm. taking advantage of things. Um, there hasn't been, in my opinion, like kind of enough oversight and enough people like at Google and, and Facebook stepping in to be like, we're going to clamp down on this and really go out of our way to make it very difficult for repeat offenders and for people like this to to, to get into our systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like Microsoft has a, a role to play. I mean, as does oh, Apple, as do many device, uh, you know, operating systems to kind of look at these practices. I have to say, like, my first reaction for this is, you know, I'm always hesitant to get the government involved with technical matters, but this just this really feels like the kind of business that just kind of needs a district attorney looking at how it you know how it propagates you know because it, yeah. the the threat vector there is so real like you're mm-hmm. you're installing software in good faith on your machine it could be used to spy on you here it's being used to like circumvent other people's ad in a way that feels uh very anti-competitive to me you know the whole thing is just a real mess and um, you know, I think uh, you know we really need some leadership on this. Yeah, I wonder, you know, because Europe tends to be better about this sort of thing than the United States does, like by a long shot. And I kind of wonder if maybe that will ultimately be what kind of pushes the hand of the biggest, um, you know, um, ad networks, which again are you know Google and, and and Facebook by and large, to kind of trying to do a better job of not allowing this stuff in to begin with, um, in, into their exchanges and sub exchanges, is if if Europe is is willing to be like, we're not going to do this because yeah. it's not because some of the stuff, I mean, people think, oh, well, I don't use, you know, I'm, I'm on mobile or, you know, I, I, I use Mac or whatever. Like some of the stuff, you know, comes through, through, through JavaScript, you know, and, yeah. and, and people get impacted and, and, and this stuff is, is not a joke. And it's, it's something like you're not actively installing an app. Those, those days are kind of over, mm-hmm. you know, like it can kind of get on your system in, in other ways. But I think beyond that, I mean, this is also a real problem to, anybody who's trying to legitimately sell or buy ads mm-hmm. um, because you're not getting what you paid for out of it, um, which which only winds up kind of depressing the market and, and it, it's just bad all around. But yeah, I mean, I think that from a security standpoint, you're right, Brie, like I think every OS vendor, every separate technology vendor has kind of a, a role to play. But I, I do think that, that the government should be looking at it. I just wonder if we might have better luck in Europe. Yeah, it's hard to think of like what agency could do this well right now, right? Like <laughs> a, a private attorney general doesn't have the scope at a state level. You know, federal prosecutors are not the ones to do it. But I mean, as the the article points out, like websites are the victims of this, yep. right? Like they're having wrong ads served up. So the the people out there making content in good faith, you know, they are um, actual victims of this. So it mm-hmm. certainly seems anti-competitive at the least. I did want to ask you, Simone. Like this was your topic this week. Like you saw this story, this really hit your attention. Like what what do you think about it? I think the the thing that is most interesting to me about it is that there's still so much to question about who the heck is behind this. Because it, mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about or about agencies pushing out garbage ads. I mean, that's pretty much the internet as we've known it uh, in recent times. Like, ads are bad. They make people install ad blockers. They make things more dangerous for everyone. Um, The fact that there is this incredibly intricate, fake organization creating separate agencies. I'm going to read from the paragraph right now. 
each agency operates with a completely different set of IT tools, including TLS servers, domain registration, and ad serving code. Like the, this mm-hmm. is a it's a it's, it's a whole operation. It's a whole this is like thing. A big, it's like a friggin' super villain of Absolutely. internet advertising, which is like the least sexy topic in the world. But it's obviously yeah, a huge blind spot because we all yep. use the internet. Uh, most people that I know have a, an ad blocker installed. Um, mm-hmm. Or they suffer, like me, dignifiedly trying not to install ad blockers. Um, I, I was going to say, how do you feel as someone who, you know, the, the, the core business for your employer who works at a website that has ads on it? Uh, pretty well, but not bad. That. I mean, like, like, like I was going to say, right? Because, I mean, because this used to be my life. Like, our core business model was advertising, period. End of story. And so you, I, I was the same way with you. Like, I would feel guilty having an ad blocker installed. Like, I would have my own sites whitelisted. But sometimes I would have to enable it. And I would always go to the ad ops team and be like, I can't run our own website because this is happening. You have to, you know, track this down and get it fixed. Um, yeah. And as people but, who work at larger companies, we had the power to do that. I don't think that right. like one of the there's a website that I like to go to for recipes. And repeatedly, when I try to access it on mobile, uh, uh-huh. does it redirect you? It redirects. You redirect. It's just broken yep. as heck. And I'm like, this is the you know, this is an independent business. This is one person who's running this, or at least it was started right. by one person. What recourse well, does I, that person have? Well, I, I I've been seeing on big things, and again, a lot of times, you know, like I said, like the ad ops people, the people who are injecting that stuff, they have no idea. You have to kind of report it, and it takes time, you know, because if if you see that stuff, you're supposed to report it. But I've seen that on big sites mm-hmm. that redirect me and do the pop up. You've won a free iPhone, whatever, and I'm like seeing this on mobile. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And then you can't go back. You know, your your search history, everything's just like responding. It's terrible. But I just wanted to know from your perspective as somebody who like you know, part of your income, all that stuff is kind of based on advertising. What do you think the solution is? Because obviously the solution is not, well, let's just get rid of ads because that's never happening. But what do you think should be done to help safeguard so that the, you know, the right stuff is there so that, you know, people who are paying for things in good faith or people who are trying to run advertisements to sustain their business, um, you know, don't lose that because everybody is forced to install an ad blocker just so they can access the, the, Mm -hmm. the internet. I'm honestly not even sure where to begin just because I have so many questions about how this was accomplished, like the the buttering up of the legitimate ad platforms by the fake agencies, like what relationships were built there, uh, what like technologically is going on behind the scenes there. But obviously there needs to be some kind of control in with on, on those platforms to ensure that like the code that is being injected is not malicious so how do we feel about this that yeah well it's hard because again all these things are automated right and that's the reason these businesses are multi-billion dollar businesses is that you have automated ads ad sales platforms Mm -hmm. um that that was that was the genius of of double click and that was why um I, i it's hard to say what's what was the better acquisition for Google, Android or DoubleClick, um, or or YouTube. I I, mm. I think it would be DoubleClick would be their most important. Um, I think without that they wouldn't have been able to do anything else. But least anyway, sexy, um, most important. But, but definitely, exactly. But I wonder. So future versions. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be soon. A, a future version of Google Chrome is going to basically come with an ad blocker built in. And what Google is going to be doing is they're going to have kind of an approved whitelisted thing. If you follow certain ad requirements, then those ads will be there, but other stuff will be blocked. Now, there's a lot of pushback on this because some people are saying, you know, who is Google who's an ad seller to 
name and, and, and kind of decide what can and can't be shown, right? Like that's kind of they're taking their role as, as, as a browser. Like that's kind of a, of a monopolistic, you know, um, action that, that is questionable, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's, that, that's, a, that's a fair conversation to have. And, and then you also have, you know, tools like um, Adblock Plus that, that's been famously criticized because they will allow companies to pay to have their ads whitelisted and not blocked. And so you have people using, you know, third-party tools like uBlock Origin that, that, that are community-maintained. What is your thought, um, Simone, especially since, like, you know, your living is, is determined in, in some part because of advertising? And also you, Bree, since you pay for advertising, yeah. about somebody like Google, you know, trying to stop this with their web browser even if it means they're sort of dictating and kind of putting their finger on the, the the scale, so to speak, about what is allowed and what isn't. How do we feel about that? Do we feel like that is the is, is better than nothing or or what? I definitely feel like it's better than nothing, especially if they're if other alternatives, like n- nobody else has come forward to offer an alternative and like Google Google is gonna Google with its weird, overwhelming need to control everything. And I would rather they over control this than something than have something bad happen to my device or to me or to some grandma in Iowa who is redirected to a site and like gives her social security number out or something like I it seems like something that the platform should do to protect people from the misuse of the platform caesar's gonna get its cut caesar's gonna get its cut you know like it's like you said simone it's it's definitely got some advantages there but like you said christina it's anti-competitive in a Mm -hmm. lot of different ways so you know google's gonna get paid they're gonna look out for number one and you know powerful interests protect you know they exist because they're very successful at you know protecting themselves uh they're always going to do what's in their best interest so I think from like an information security perspective, I guess I'm more amenable to Google uh, doing this. But yeah, you know, let's not kidding, kid ourselves. It's going straight towards a monopoly. So yeah, right. it is. Yeah. What you gonna do? It's a catch twenty two. That's that's how the the this famous song from that book by Joseph Heller goes. What you gonna do? It's a catch twenty two. Um, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Casper. Our friends oh. at Casper, yeah, yay! Where, which oh. I'm sitting on right now. I'm sitting on my friends. Casper <laughs> are the company focused on sleep, and they're dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. That's how I take my life on my Casper mattress. You spend a third of your life sleeping, and if you're not, then you probably wish that you were. And if you spend a third of your life doing anything, you want to make sure that that third is as good as it can possibly be, and that is why you need Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. It's got the right support in all the right places. And I feel very supported right now. So what goes into making your Casper mattress so comfortable? They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the U.S. and their breathable design helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night, even if you live in a very hot little New York apartment. They have over (laughs) 20,000 reviews with an average rating of 4.8 stars. People like the mattresses. 
Can I say that? I think people like the mattresses. I think that's what. I think the, so. Yeah, I think that's implied. Well, you like yours. I freaking love my mattress, and everyone who comes over and gets to lie on my mattress is quickly jealous of my mattress, and then I kick them out of my house. This is my mattress, and I will not share it. <laughs> but you can, if that's what you want. You can also take advantage of Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They'll bring the mattress directly to your door. You sleep on it for 100 nights. I don't know what percentage of your life that is, but it's it feels like a lot of them. Uh, and then if you don't love it, you return the mattress. If you do love it, you, you have a, a new mattress. You've already got it. It's right there. You've been sleeping on it. You love it. And I do love my mattress. <laughs> I do. It's really nice. If you would like to get $50 towards select mattresses, you can visit casper.com slash rocket and use the offer code rocket at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. And again, that is casper.com slash rocket. And the code is also rocket. Making it easy, just like the delivery of the Casper mattress to your door and the unboxing of the Casper mattress, which is rolled into a tight little burrito of, of sleepy delight. But soon it will expand into a marshmallow that you will spend a third of your life on, my friends. Casper.com slash rocket. Thank you, Casper, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. Oh, God. That was a real good one. <laughs> That was, that was that was that was classic Simone. Classic very Simone. Very good. Oh my gosh. Hey, so let's, y'all want to shoot through this last topic? I do want to shoot through this last topic. Okay, it was a, trying to be a sex joke. Uh, Cindy Gallup, <laughs> uh, who runs the website Make Love Not Porn, got two million dollars uh, from the same person who has been supporting Make Love dot, dot Wow Make Love dot Porn Make Love Not Porn. Uh, for the, the, the length of its duration, but, uh, she has been repeatedly seeking VC funding for this website, which is basically a a celebration of sex, not pornography, real sex, and an educational tool and a video platform. Uh, she, so she finally got two million more dollars, uh, which will keep the website going after like failing to get funding for it for years and years because <sighs> VCs hate to think about sex unless it's uh, when they're I don't sexually know. harassing I that, uh, people in their yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Can I say that? Or orgy parties. Yeah, yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Only orgy parties say venture capitalists. None of this consensual sex not that orgy parties aren't consensual, but I mean, it's venture capitalism. Who knows? Anyway, we've gone on a tangent. Um, <coughs> can, can Brianna, I just say, so, like, yeah. when, you, when you talk to Cindy Gallup, she is filthy. She's the filthiest woman. I have, like, delightfully. Like, she just goes straight into it and starts using language. I can't even repeat on this podcast. Like, <laughs> she is so awesome. And she is so unabashed about... Yeah, just wanting like sex positive messages out there. So yeah, there's not much to say about this topic except like for me, you know, I I really feel like her inability to get funding just shows the ridiculousness of the venture capital 
um, mm-hmm. you know, world. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like this is her, her product is basically, she wants to make, uh, you know, it's basically you porn, but it's yes. not like, you know, some, some dude like jackhammering some girl, you know, it's like more consensual and loving. It's more thoughtful and, and, it, and, and, and it's like thinking about maybe the, the different type of, you know, maybe viewer. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's aimed at women. You that's know? what I'm saying, which, yeah. which, which most porn is not, No, you know, it's absolutely not, which, which is silly because women watch a lot of porn, like with their partners by themselves, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's hardly as if, as if we're not part of the, the, the market, but the, 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 the fact that, that she's had this struggle in 2018 with getting funding for something as seemingly simple and smart as, you know, female focused pornography is you know with the technological thing is 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 ridiculous yeah to me. it's really ridiculous so i'm i guess the only thing i have to say about it, i'm really glad she could get two more million dollars more of funding but like this is a good idea and like mm-hmm. the fact that she struggled just it's it's a shame and it just it's a failure of the tech industry it's a it's a failure to capitalize on good ideas and for Agreed. a field that talks about how much it's just so great and it's a meritocracy and, you know, just everybody has their day. I think this is like the textbook example of how that's not true. I agree with you. You know what I also feel like is a missed opportunity for Pornhub? Yeah. Because, you know, Pornhub has made um, a lot of strides to, to to really make like advantageous PR things and, and kind of create products. And they've shown themselves, in my opinion, to be a lot more tech savvy from a product standpoint than yep. mm-hmm. almost anybody else in, in, in the space. Like they do really interesting things. Like I remember when they had the emoji kind of bot where you could send, you know, uh, dirty emojis to them and then they would send you back, you know, a link to what clips that would match oh that. Oh, my like, gosh. Which, which, I mean, look, that's, that's a silly, silly, stupid thing, but it works. And that's the sort of reason, like, you know, they're the ones that say, okay, after the Hawaii missile thing happened, uh, the, the visits went, like, way up because people were stressed Pornhub's out. Pornhub's data <laughs> dumps are my favorite thing. I know. Mine, too. And so I'm looking at this, and I'm like, you know, Pornhub, why are you not investing? Like, to me, this yeah. seems like a perfect opportunity because they know the demographics better than everybody, mm-hmm. and they have so much information. It's like, come on. And this is, like, my, my only bone to pick with it is that the name is make love not porn she's not actually anti-porn and she says that like in in interviews and stuff i feel like right it would maybe it would look strange for Pornhub to make that connection but she, uh, yeah, she also, she's saying her point you're, is you're that like there's professional pornography which is something different from real people having sex which is yes. true that's true. You're right. <laughs> you're, you're dead on. I, I I do wonder if I mean I think the the main reason she hasn't had funding is is obviously because of the inherent sexism kind of in the VC stuff. But I do wonder if with a better name, if it might be find more success. Because when you hear "Make Love Not Porn," you do kind of get this whole anti pornography kind of message. It kind of feels yeah. very like second wave feminist, like bell hooks type of thing. Yeah. And and and, and that, if that's your position, that's your position. I'm not telling anybody how to feel, but that's not her position. And I wonder if that clouds. Or confuses maybe what the product actually is. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, the thing is, Cindy, like, I remember the last time I talked to her, we were in an event and like she's talking to women there and like she's so rapid fire and like she's talking to a woman starting a biotech business and just she's so incisive about this is how you market it, this is how you approach it. Just, just really, really thoughtful. Which is why I think you're right. Like this is a, it's a loser of a branding name. I think you know. I so. But on the other hand, like 
her personality sounds forceful enough that oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> people thought um, apple was a silly name once too um yeah fair. so she's gonna make it the Khan academy of sex which is pretty baller yeah i i feel like i feel like sex tech and the the intersections between sex and tech like what is the the old the, the adage is that war and pornography drive the greatest technological change like the, which is <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no you're not wrong i mean i mean when you you look at like things like even like like you know like like web video i mean obviously you know the, the most famous example of that is, is the home video market right like like vhs versus beta um even though part of this is sensationalized the, the old adage was that vhs won over beta even though beta was superior technology because VHS was less expensive, didn't require a license, and that was what porn was on. Um, there's some truth to that. There's there's some other like things that went into that too, you know. And and that was kind of I remember when there was like the the, the Blu-ray versus uh, HD DVD debate. You know, there was there was a lot of thing like well, which which one will um, will pornography adopt? And then the the truth wound up being well, actually, it's just going to be the internet. Um, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna buy stuff on on, on disc anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I uh, you're right. Like there have been a lot of these intersections, and I think it's only going to continue, right? Like VR porn, we've talked about that before. You know, sex robots. Like there's, yeah, there's lots of ways they can work together. Um, it, it's it's. Uh, and yeah. I would love to see a woman woman led company succeed there. <gasps> That's what I'm saying. Yes, same because I, I feel like so much of the industry is male dominated, and and that gives it a certain connotation and a certain yeah. thing that, that isn't How about just reality. being like considered yeah, taboo, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a sex positive feminist. I wish that we could have, you know, it's like if you had something like that, that wasn't immediately like just gross for women, for lack of a better word, like dehumanizing something mm. like was more celebrated. I'd look at Cosmo. Like you can't like, no. read women's magazines or websites without like being inundated with sex like no exactly you know, it's not that it, this is a bad subject it's just there's a tasteful way to do it mm-hmm. and like well, a really right. yeah yeah well it's, it's like it's like you're allowed to say it like you know kind of have the innuendo and whatnot you know on the covers of cosmo and whatnot but but how dare you actually show oh, people in the act and right. and then it's like <laughs> oh no it's like okay so i can talk about it wink wink nudge nudge but <laughs> But 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 if I record it or view it, then somehow that's nasty. Oh goodness! Yeah, it, it's very interesting. Yeah, this episode of Rocket <sighs> is brought to you by Eero. Never think oh. about Wi-Fi again. Eero has created the dream Wi-Fi setup. It's a fast, reliable connection throughout your house and even the backyard. And now is the best time to get on board with Eero as they've just released their super slick second generation devices. <sighs> Yes, indeed. And Brie knows what I'm talking about because she has I them. I do. I do. Yeah. Eero have now introduced their tri-band second generation model along with Eero Beacon, which lets you build a beautiful net of Wi-Fi that is perfectly tailored for your house. Uh, the new second generation Eero includes a third 5 gigahertz radio, making it twice as fast as before. So whatever your Wi-Fi needs are, Eero has the power to blanket your entire home in a beautiful, beautiful cloak of fast, reliable <laughs> Wi-Fi, which is what you'll want. Don't you don't have that problem spot in the backyard when you're trying to buy your barbecue pit. 
where you're trying to Google steak recipes. This is the scenario that I'm certain I find myself in so often. That's oddly specific. So, you know, okay, well, we'll we'll dial it back. It's the basement, (laughs) that pesky basement. (laughs) (laughs) Eero sits flat on any surface. Uh, You just plug it into the wall with the included power adapter and you're ready to connect uh, your Eero either with Ethernet or or wirelessly, which is awesome. And the Eero also includes a new thread radio, which lets you connect to low-power devices such as locks, doorbells, and more, which means you can build your robot house and get perfect reception in the basement. And then Eero also has introduced the new beacon, which you plug into a wall. It expands coverage into any room, and you can add as many beacons as you want. They just stack, so long as you have an Eero device. You just stack them. Meta- metaphorically, you don't literally stack them. You stack them around your home. And then you, again, have the beautiful cloak of Wi-Fi, which Eero provides to you. And you can manage your network with an app in the palm of your hand. What? Bree, how are yeah. you liking the, the the cloak of Wi-Fi that I bestowed upon <laughs> you with the box? So I, I expanded I expanded my Eero uh, system with my new house. We have three floors. It's a pretty big house, like a basement and all of that. <gasps> and it was cloaking with just three transmitters, one on each floor. It was working fine. The problem was when I was outside trying to set nav coordinates <laughs> for my car while I was leaving, it was just on the edge of Wi-Fi and then LTE wouldn't connect. So it like times out every time I'm trying to leave the house. So I added a new beacon to actually go through the whole backyard oh my and, gosh you know, it works it works gorgeously it's easy and how about the fact that this thing isn't ugly like i know it's yep. like you know a lot of yep. wi-fi boxes it looks like you know verizon comcast tech from the 80s like this is white it's plastic it it's minimalist it, 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 yeah it looks like it fits in with your home and then the yep. new beacon you know plugs in wherever like it's yep. awesome mm-hmm. it really is and so i reviewed cute. all of these things last year i didn't review the newest zero system I, I reviewed the, the the first one and it was far and away my favorite in terms of setup and overall yep. performance and even though it's pricey like the the speed you get, especially if you're upgrading from an older router, is really something to, th- to think about. Mm-hmm. Yep. The new Eero system starts at three ninety nine for one second generation Eero and two beacons. That's everything you need to get started, and I feel like that's that's a good amount of stuff. Like especially for. A, a good size home. Uh, listeners yeah. of the show can get free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada when you head to Eero.com and use the promo code ROCKET. That's E-E-R-O.com with the promo code ROCKET for free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Thank you so much, Eero, for sponsoring this episode of ROCKET and Relay FM. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What are we up to this week? Bree, what are you doing? Uh, I have a piece coming out for HuffPo tomorrow, taking the Democrats to freaking task for voting for this abomination of a FISA bill. Uh, Nancy Pelosi led the way in passing it, and so did Claire McCaskill Mm -hmm. over in the Senate. Um, This bill is atrocious. And, uh, you know, this is the moment that Democrats are just as uh, complicit as the Republicans in the um, warrantless wireless, uh, warrantless wiretapping state. So very disappointed with my own party. Uh, The other thing is I'm speaking at a uh, uh, violence against women uh, 
rally this weekend on Saturday. And I'm also getting some sleep tonight. What? It's going to happen. I'm I'm very excited for it. It's going to happen so soon. Christina, what are you doing this week? Um, well, nothing as important as Brie. I can't wait to read your article in HuffPo. Uh, that sounds awesome. And I'm so glad you're writing it. Um, and also, congrats on your speaking thing. That's amazing. Mm. I'm just, you know, doing same old, same old to do my show. I can now finally write a script with two hands. So that's good. Because <laughs> uh, it was really hard to, like, write a script for for a, a new show with technical terms with your voice. Like, it doesn't work well. Nope. Um, and I'm finishing uh, my, my my long kind of rant about my home pod that I'm going to post. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm very excited to read. I, I want like the pure and adult, the, the Christina that was too Christina even for Gizmodo. <laughs> yes. Give her to me. I can't wait for all the Hacker News comments on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of oh, you guys no. submitted or whatever. I, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's going to be good. Just turn off your Twitter for the day. Uh, what am I doing yes. this week? I am. We, we Our new video hire, I think, started last week. So this was like her first full week. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Jenna, I'm so sorry. Um, so we're, we're kind of gearing up to get the whole video team together and to have some good meetings about what we're going to be doing in 2018. Very excited. Um, and that's pretty much all that's going on for me this week. Christina, where can we find you online? So you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, uh, the Instagrams, and um, the uh, the Snapchats, although I haven't been on Snapchat in a really long mm-hmm. time. And you can find my um, content, uh, my video content I do at work at channel9.msndn.com or msdn.com. And uh, yeah. And, and tweet me and, t- and tell me how wrong I'm about the home pod. Honestly, if, 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 you know, if you guys disagree, that's completely fair. Like if you want to buy it, like I'm all about it. My big thing was that the, I would say 99.98% of the people yelling at me about how it was wrong are never going to buy it. And that's part of why I was a little miffed. I was like, you're never even going to buy this thing. Yeah. But yeah, Get you're over telling yourself. Anyway, but, 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 but if you think I'm wrong, like, and you have like a good cogent argument, let's, let's have at it. Uh, I, I can, I can spend days more arguing about this. <laughs> Brianna, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Space Cat Gal, but don't tweet at me this week. Tweet at uh, uh, tweet at uh, Relay Presidents Mike and Stephen, I Mike and I S M H on Twitter, and ask them to bring a rocket T-shirt that says "I don't think you know who I am." I think the world needs that very badly. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Also, also Charles Tan is uh, pretty sick this week. Oh no, we love Aww. Charles. We love He's Charles. Fan of the show. I didn't know that. So tweet him some uh, kind wishes. So. Feel better, Charles. Yep. You know, we love you, Charles. Thank you for everything you do for us, and 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 you you keep our spirits high. So we hope you're feeling yeah. better. Yeah, we do. Well, I'm also on Twitter at Doom Quasar, but again, don't tweet at me. Tweet at Charles and at Stephen and Mike about separate things, health and T-shirts, <laughs> health and yeah. T-shirts. Uh, and that's our show for the week. If you enjoyed it, please remember to review it on Apple Podcasts or share it with a friend, uh, preferably a friend who's ready to present some cogent arguments to Christina about the HomePod uh, so that we can all continue having our fun talks. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.